Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. So today I'm here with Rufus Thibodeau. Did I yes. get that? Oh, I'm yes. impressed. I'm right. impressed. Yes. I'm, I'm so excited to have you. I was a guest for uh, Rufus last week and we had so much fun and yes. I learned about his background and thought, oh my gosh, I know you can provide a lot of amazing value to our guests. And so I wanted to exchange the favor and say, come on over here to Lighthouse um, where we're building wealth together. I'd love to hear about how you came to be in real estate, what you're doing, and sure. how you just created this massive, it looks like a huge, massive marketing company about around real estate. Yeah, so yeah. Tell me more about that. And tell me about you. Tell me sure. more about you. Um, so it's kind of crazy. I'm I'm normally the one asking the questions. So um, you'll have to pry the information out of you. If I'm not giving you enough, tell me. Um so uh, I started, I got my real estate license back in 1990. Um, and I don't have a real estate license now, but I did it in 1990. And what's funny about that is that during that time, I'm going to really date myself. They had, you, you had an option of computer, computerized MLS and also the books, but the books were the primary way that people got their information. So, I mean, we didn't even use computers. So it's crazy. Um, and by the way, I was walking with my wife the other day. We were in, uh, at the lake, and someone called me sir. Okay, I was kind of concerned about that. So we'll get we'll get back to that one. But um, so anyway, 1990, and uh, at that time I was I was struggling, you know, uh, to get leads and deals, and um, and I ran across a book called um, it's called uh, Influence by Robert Caldini. It's like one of my I've got I don't know I've got a bunch of favorite books of all time, but this is certainly on that list. And basically what he talks about is how to um, people make use these uh, psychological, um, emotional, like, uh, what am I trying to say? Psychological hooks um, to make buying decisions. And so like one of them is expensive equals good. And another one is um, if an expert says it, then it's true. So there's all these things that, that I learned about how people make buying decisions. And the book taught you how to get people to, how to persuade them to make the decisions that you want them to make. And so it was very fascinating. So I came up with this idea for a, um, a letter that I was gonna write um, that I was gonna use to generate a bunch of deals because I was tired of knocking on doors and cold calling and all that stuff. And so um, you stopped me from taking too long. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I put together this letter. All my buddies laughed at me because um, real persuasion um, and real selling and real copywriting that, that gets people to, to respond, it doesn't look like traditional marketing. It's very, very different. And, uh, and they thought it was crazy because it looked like something totally different than anything I had ever seen. It was, you know, it was unprofessional, it was ugly. And uh, so they, they discouraged me, but I, I, I put it out anyway. And I ended up generating like over 2,000 leads. I remember the number, it was 2178, 2178 leads. And, uh, and I, I closed a bunch of deals and made $673,000. That was in 1994 like or five um, over that year. It was crazy. So it was a lot of money and it felt like a lot of money. And so of course they weren't laughing at me anymore. Um, so, um, and, and that was the start of me, you know, um, having an interest in advertising and marketing and, and copywriting. I didn't even know what that term meant. 
Um, but I started learning about it. And uh, it's just the idea of putting words on paper that persuades people to take action. So I started learning and learning that and ended up uh, helping other people. Um, they started hiring me to do work for them and uh, made a bunch of money and um, ended up generating um, like about $350 million in sales uh, um, over, well, it's probably over the last 29 years, a long time, but that's a lot of money. And, um, but what I decided to do, I started to, you know, my passion, my passions are marketing and advertising and real estate. And so I started finding out that real estate investors, they just, they have a really short lifespan. I mean, they, if you Google the term real estate investor failure rate, you'll see that 95% of real estate investors fail. That's a big number. And uh, when people, when I say that to people, they think, ah, you're just, you know, you're just making that up. And they look it up and uh, you'll see it. Boom. That's one of the first, first uh, um, uh, uh, things, piece of information will come up when you Google that. But anyway, and so I, I got tired of seeing so many real estate investors fail. And so I wanted to help. And so um, and one of the primary reasons why they fail is because of the marketing. They're using marketing that doesn't work. I call it, um, they're like, they're like sheep that are, you know, they're like uh, uh, following the crowd um, to, you know, to, to, to their death and they don't even realize it. So, um, so I committed all my time and energy to help real estate investors. And so that's, that's what I do now. That's why I'm focused hundred percent. So I started a, a podcast where I'm talking to uh, people like yourself who um, are in the top 5% of successful real estate investors. Cause I feel like um, success leaves clues. And so Rather than reinvent the wheel, I want to talk to somebody who's already succeeding, find out what they did, and then share that, you know, that with the rest of the real estate investment community. And then I, I started a, a private Facebook group where I'm sharing, you know, uh, short training videos, ideas and tips about how you can generate more leads and deals. And I've got a, I've got a, a what I call a mini email newsletter that I send out once a week with kind of a tip of the week. And so I do all of this stuff to try to to try to add value um, and to try to help to lower that that 95% failure rate. And so kind of one podcast episode, one post, you know, at a time. So that's kind of, that's me in a nutshell. Wow. There was so much in that. Yeah. You're blowing me away, first of all, with the 95% failure rate. It's you crazy. know, by the same token, on the opposite side, you see yeah. that there are more millionaires created through real estate. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There are. So, so is that to say just the five percent are all the millionaires? Yeah. You know what's funny about that? Um, I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's like five percent of the population owns ninety-five percent of the wealth. Wow. So yes, yes. So there's a couple of statistics that I think about that's kind of crazy. So that's one. The other one is this: if you are in an industry, you don't know which way to go. What should I do? What strategy should I use? You look around and see what everybody else is doing and you do the opposite. Yeah. Because most people are wrong. It's crazy and that sounds outlandish, but that's the way that it is. And so, um, yeah, so there's only a very, very small percentage of people that are making the money. That's just, you know, it's, 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 it's the 80-20. I mean, the 90-10, the that's yeah. just the way it is, yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations to you for figuring it out and Thank how to- you. Appropriately, because I'll tell you what, that's one of the most difficult things for us in real yeah. estate is to figure out, okay, how do I market and how much is too much? How much is enough, that's you right. know, and just trying to find that balance there. And yeah. I can tell you that that's something I struggle with today is, you know, I want to educate my population, but then yeah. by the same token, I don't want to come across as, you know, vomiting all my knowledge on them either. Oh, and sure. 
you know, so it's, it, it really is a fine line there of what do you, what does your audience even want to hear? What, yeah. you know, I love your tip of the day. I think that's great. And I certainly don't want to give your trade secrets away because you've yeah. obviously worked really hard, but you said something really important that success leaves clues. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, how did you figure that out? I mean, did you have a mentor yeah. along the way? Did sure. you? Yeah. So tell me more. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I've had lots of mentors. I mean, I, I, I read a book, Well, there's a guy by the name of Ryan Tracy. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, I love him and he's older now. It's kind of funny to see him yeah. so old now, but um, he said that if you, um, if you read an hour a day, that that equates to one book, uh, uh, one book and one book a week. So 50 books a year. Okay. And the average person only reads one book a year. Mm-hmm. So you read 50 books a year. And if you read on one specific topic for, for three years, you'll become an expert on that topic. If you do it for five years, you become an international expert. So I took that to heart. So I started to read about things that I was interested in. And so, um, and that was marketing and sales and that kind of thing and, and, and real estate. And so my mentors were people that I, you know, I learned from. And so I, I started, when I got my license, um, I, I got my license, I was 20 years old. And, um, and I didn't know anything. In fact, I was so young that people, well, long story short, I ended up because of the job that I had, I was selling houses for a nonprofit real estate development company. They mm-hmm. fixed old homes, renovated them and sold them to first time home buyers. And I had to get a real estate license to do that. So for the first couple of years, I worked for their company and learned that kind of learned the ropes. And then I went out on my own and I became a broker without really even being I, I really didn't have any street knowledge. I mean, I kind of just was out there. So, so I made a lot of mistakes. So most of what I learned was just because I made huge mistakes and um, I wasn't scared to start, you know, over again and, and get out there and, and, and mix it up. One of my favorite movies is Rocky, you know, get out there and get busted yeah. up and it, you know, get yeah. right back in there. So I learned a lot of mistakes, but, but some of my biggest mentors were my, my dad, um, and uh, my grandfather, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. But I got to say, one of my biggest mentors is my wife. Um, I learned so much from her. I married up. And when you see her, you'll <laughs> say, what in the world? How did you get her? You know, and I say, hey, you know what? You know, I mean, that's just <laughs> kind of how it is. So, um, but yeah, so I learned from, from, from people. And um, I never really hired coaches that often. Um, but I read a lot of books, lots of books, and um, made a lot of mistakes. And um, yeah, that's how I learned. And so I learned early on, and then I was young enough to recover um, from them and, and, and uh, move on. But they're valuable lessons. And so I, I got to the point where I wasn't scared to make a mistake because I knew that all that was going to happen is I was going to get better. And I was going to learn how to, you know, how to, how to recover from that and get better and then make, you know, make the best decisions you can with the information you have. Then you get new information, make better decisions. And so that kind of is the cycle, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah so that's it. I don't know if that answered the question. I was a little bit yeah. all over the place. Yeah. No, but. no, absolutely. Um, early on, I didn't have anybody in this space. I mean, I kind of lucked into real estate. I had a girlfriend invite me to a conference yeah. and my eyes were just completely opened. And sure. I thought, who do I know is in this space? And then I thought of the one person I knew and so I just decided, you know, I'm going to copy him. I'm just going to follow. He's having success. I'm just going to yeah. follow what he's doing. Yeah. And sure enough, it paved the path for me. And then I've hired right. some mentors along the road. Yeah. But you're right. Um, success does leave clues. And you're yeah. going to pay for your mistakes either 
by paying mentor or you're going to fall down and you're going to make it financially, right? Oh, totally. Now I mentioned one other thing about the success leaving clues. That was what I learned. That was the biggest lesson I learned in marketing and advertising is grabbing advertisements and strategies that have worked, that have been successful outside of the real estate industry and pulling them in, in my industry because now they're unique. Um, they're different, but they still work because human nature is human nature. So in other words, strategies change, particularly in the, in the, in the internet marketing space, things change all the time. I mean, it's something new that happens all the time. You can't count on that. But the one thing that you can count on is the fact that people are going to always move toward, toward pleasure and away from pain. So if you can understand what, what drives them, I mean, that's, that's the whole key to successful marketing and advertising. And so, um, but I would study things that already worked and just apply them um, in my, in my own business. So anyway, that's another, so that success leaves clues. They're everywhere. Those clues are everywhere. Wow. It's brilliant. Did, did you have to study this mental psyche of people? Is that part of advertising and marketing? Understanding what causes pain and what people are running from? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Yes, I did have to study that, but it's simple though. When you think about it, I mean, it, it can be very complex, but I mean, if you, if you put, I mean, it's like, if you chase after people, they're going to run away from you. Okay. But if you say, Hey, come here, I got something. Ah, you know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you later. Now go, like, Hey, wait a minute. Wait, no, tell me, tell me. So you draw them in and uh, that's how con men work. You know, they, yeah. they, they draw people in, they plan people's greed, they plan their emotions, their hot buttons. And so you just have to do it for a good and not evil. But yeah, so I did spend some time learning that. And uh, it's amazing. One of, one of my favorite things to do would be there's a state fair in Minnesota. We haven't had, well, because of COVID and stuff, they're having it now. I would love to go to the to the guy who sold the mixer, the the, the dicer chopper things. Yeah. And he'd be on his microphone, he's talking, say, hey, how, who will give me five? Who, I mean, you know, and, and he, he plays on people's emotions and he hits their emotional hot buttons. And the best salespeople, they, they, they do it unconsciously. They're not, I mean, it just happens. And they're just... You know, they're overcoming the objections and they're convinced. And if, you know, and, and before you know it, I mean, it's like um, I'd be watching a, an infomercial. I used to, and I love watching infomercials and I'm, I'm flipping through the channel, you know, all of a sudden I stop and say, hey, what's, what's this about? And I'm kind of looking. Next thing you know, I'm pulling out my credit card. So it's like, how does that work? So I, I wanted to know how to do that because that's a skill. That's not something that yeah. happens by accident. And so anyway, yeah. So I think most people probably don't have the don't don't have the love for it that, that I do. But I think that if you just understand that if you just, you can't make people want, people are, are only going to want what they want. You just have to figure out how to, how to help them to get what they want, how to show them that you offer, what you offer is going to get them what they want. Cause it's all about them. And as long as you remember that, I think that's one of the main keys. Mm, that's brilliant. Love that. Yeah. And it's so simple, right? Yeah. Okay. So tell me, let's, let's go to real estate and yeah. what are you doing in real estate these days besides um, marketing, right? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, I, I do a lot of creative deals. That kind of is my bent. So a lot of owner financing deals subject to, um, yeah, but, but mostly that kind of stuff. Uh, I do, um, and I'm doing more, I want to get into more bigger deals and more multifamily stuff. That's why I was so interested in what you had to say, but yeah, I'm, I mostly do those kinds of deals and I, I just look for, for problems, you know, that people, you know, I, I, cause I feel like we don't really buy, we don't buy real estate as much as we're solving problems. So if you look for the problem, you'll find the real estate attached to it. So, yeah. 
yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm doing. A lot of creative deals, a lot of owner financing stuff. So I think back in the day, yeah. I when interest rates were 13%, you know, 7 to 13%, yeah. seller financing made a whole lot of sense. Yeah. But in the last four to five years, when interest rates have been at historical lows, seller yeah. financing hasn't really been a thing. So, yeah. you know, I came in when interest rates were starting to decline. Sure. And it's not a skill set that I ever learned. Yeah. But I think now the interest rates are going up, you know, seller financing, I'm starting to hear that term a little more and more yeah. often. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, just can you set us up and show us yeah. kind of what that looks like? How would you present a, you know, say that I have a property for sale, it's a million dollars and you want to buy it. Yeah. Um, how do you position that to where it's it's good for me and it's good for you too? Sure, sure. Um, first of all, it has to be a situation where selling that house, that, that you're in a situation where you've got to sell the house in order to solve or prevent a problem. Because if you're not in that situation, it's not going to work. So, okay. um, so let's say that you um, got a promotion someplace, you were moving actually, and you bought another house out there, wherever you're at, thought this house was going to sell, but it didn't. So um, my question to you is, you know, what, you know, I want to find out what you're looking to do. I mean, are you looking, so do you have equity? Do you not have equity? Um, do you, um, what's most important to get the mortgage paid off? or just to get rid of the payment, um, you know, what, I mean, cause you may say, well, you know what? I just, I, I can't handle two payments. You know, I gotta right. get rid of this right. other payment. So then we just work out a deal, you know, that I maybe take over that payment. And I say, hey, listen, how about if I, if I take over that payment and if I cover the, the, you know, I maybe rent the house from you for a couple of years and then buy it, cash you out in, in maybe a year or two, you know, would you be open to something like that? Or, you know, how about if I, you know, if I, if you allow me to rent it and then buy in a couple of years, I'll take over the, I'll handle all the maintenance and repairs for, okay. you know, over that period of time. So, um, so, but, but none of that works unless you're in pain. So I can't just knock on your door and say, Hey, listen, can I take over your payment? Hey, can I? And so the other thing is that seller financing to me is a generic term like Kleenex. Oh. So in other words, People think they sell or financing. Oh, you must be talking about uh, a contract for deed. Oh, you must be talking about, I mean, but it's any, it, to me, it's any opportunity to buy a property, I, I would call it on layaway. So in other words, I buy now, but pay later or pay over time. And mm -hmm. so again, if your, if your primary concern is that you've got two payments of $2,000 each, and you may say, hey, I can't keep making that. All you want is to get rid of the payment. Well, now we have something to talk about. Um, or even if you have a ton of equity, but you don't need all the cash right away, um, we got something to talk about. And you say, hey, listen, yeah, I want to sell it, but I don't need the money right now. I said, well, yeah, do you need it now? Or can I pay it over time? Yeah, sure. You know, I pay it over time. And, you know, uh, particularly if they're older and they've got a bunch of equity, they may want to have a, a monthly income stream. Um, so there's, so you just have to think a little bit outside of the box and not be stuck on one particular strategy. Um, I think you have to sort of just be thinking, I want to find out if there's a problem. Um, and then I want to find out how we can solve it. And we don't, you know, it doesn't matter what we call it. Um, like I said, seller financing to me is maybe it's a subject buying subject to maybe they've got no, no loan and they they're holding a note that I'm paying them or maybe we sell that note and they get some cash. And so it's a lot of different things you can do. 
Um, and I think you just have to have an open mind about the fact that we're solving a problem. It's not so much creating owner financing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's a, a little bit different mindset. So that's, that's sort of, we have a conversation about that. So you're really um, trying, you're really the problem solver for this. Yeah. 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 So it comes down to asking really good questions. Yeah, it does. And I think you also should have a pretty good understanding of a few different options that you can use, you know, and I think it's, it's just, I usually put them in a few different boxes. I mean, either I'm going to take over the payment or maybe I'm going to rent it for a while and then take over, you know, then buy it at a certain time. Uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm going to do either one of those things and set it up so I can sell that note to someone else. I may not want to hang on to it. Maybe I want to be between the buyer and seller, create some cash flow. So it's just, it's just, um, it's like, you know, cooking and you understand that, hey, you know what, I can use this seasoning, but if I don't have that seasoning, this might work instead, because the end result is what you're trying to focus on. The end result is I want, like, I remember uh, a deal. Can I tell you a story about a property that I own real quick? Please, of course. Okay. So um, when I was early in real estate, this is when I was broke and trying to get going. Um, um, I had gotten behind on my payments. And, um, and that's when I learned that banks don't lend you money when you need it. They, they lend it, you know, when you don't need it. So it's like, hey, I've got, you know, a 900 credit score. They're like, hey, here, here you want to buy, you know, here's a loan. I'll take this, you know, credit, you know, but if you need it, say, like, hey, I'm, I'm, my house is behind. Can I get a loan? Well, no, you can't get a loan then. So, um, so I learned also that the definition of a refinance, I, I, I reframe that because again, like you were saying, owner financing, and I know when people say owner financing, they're typically thinking contract for deed or, you know, something like that. Well, I realized that because I couldn't, I couldn't refinance to the traditional way, but I realized that owner financing was really getting a new loan to pay off the old loan. So, but I didn't have to be the one to get the new loan because I couldn't qualify for it. So what I did is I structured a deal so that someone else got the loan. I basically sold them my equity with the right to be able to buy it back at a later date. So I was able to get my loan paid off, get my house back, paid them off in a couple of years. So the way that it was structured was completely different. So through the rest of the world, I, I refinanced my house. Yeah. But but I knew that I couldn't do it the traditional way. So I, that's how I learned alternative ways to be able to, because again, if the end result is I want to get a new loan to pay off my old loan. Oh, you want to get a refinance? Well, I can't, no, no, I can't. They're not going to lend me the money. So I just got to do this. So um, it's like, I want to get the sum of four. So how many ways can I come up? What do I need to get sum of four? Well, you can do two plus two. Well, sure. But what else can you do? Well, you can do, you know, 10 minus six. And I mean, so there's all different ways right. that you can. So it's like, what do you want to achieve and figure out all the ways that you can, you know, what you can do to yeah. achieve that goal. And I think that makes you, I think that makes you a great, I mean, that's what entrepreneurs do. I mean, I think they're solving problems, figuring out how to do that. And so it's not so much again about, about calling it a particular type of strategy. It's just about the mindset of um, solving a problem. I'm a problem solver and so I want to get a solution for this. And so that's kind of my thought behind it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, I think this fall, we're going to see a lot of opportunities. Where yeah. Creative, you know, I with- so, sure rates going up. Yeah. Um, so what do you think this next year holds for you? Are you going to be in the buying mode? Are you going to, I mean, is this, do you yeah. look at next season of, you know, real estate as a buying opportunity, or do you look at it as I'm going to hold my cash under the mattress and just yeah. put her down for a little bit? 
Sure, um, I'm always buying um, because I think that um, I think that you have to constantly be moving. I mean, because I think that you know the idea of saving money. I mean, you you you. I mean, like Robert Kiyosaki, he's another one of my favorite favorite authors. I mean, so the, the thought process that a you know a, a million dollar a billion dollar entrepreneur has is completely different. And so you have to. So there's no um, you know good market, bad markets. Um, there's just opportunity. I mean, there's just as much opportunity in a quote bad market as there is in a good market. Um, you just have to know what to look for. Right. And so again, if you're looking for a for sale mm-hmm. sign, I remember someone told me that um, if a for sale, if you're buying houses with a for sale sign in front of it, the money's already been made. It's already <laughs> been made. And so you have to be you have to create the opportunity. You're not looking for the opportunity. You create it. And that's a completely different mindset. So, um, so yeah, so I'm always buying. I'm always looking to buy um, and I'm always looking to, uh, to do deals. Um, and I'm always looking to create win-win opportunities for people. And that's how I'm able to put together a deal because I'm, I'm helping people. I'm not, you know, it's, 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 it's a win-win. It's not just me trying to, you know, steal their equity. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, completely different yeah. thought process. That's so great. I, yeah. I love you say you're trying to create a win-win for both, yeah. you know? That you, you want everybody to feel good when they leave absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you don't want to burn that bridge because now you have an opportunity maybe to come back again, you know? So sure. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you provided so many nuggets. I know people are going to flood your inbox. Oh, I hope so. They're going to want to take advantage of all your marketing nuggets that you you said that you have, that you've learned over the course of your, you know, your experience here in real estate. And then- yeah. Also, how to do creative financing. That is a really big misnomer out there that a lot of people have the expertise in. So how can people find you? What's the best way to connect with you? You know, the best way probably is my website, uh, the reimarketingguy.com, or I'm on Facebook. Uh, You can go to uh, find Rufus Thibodeau uh, on Facebook. Um, I would say those are probably the ways, but through my website, you can get to all of that through that. So uh, my number, you can call me, text me 612-483-4982. My wife probably said, why are you giving your number out like that? My wife, you know, my wife is, but wives are that way. You know, I'm sure, you know, it's like, hey, honey, don't do that. You know, right. so, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the best way. I'm a big texting person. I'm on my phone all the time. So, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're doing what you love, it's never yeah. working. Right? I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, I am so blessed to know you and I cannot wait to flood your inbox with my own questions. Well, thank you. I look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I look forward to continuing our conversation and growing right along with you. Absolutely. We haven't talked about the big deals. I want to learn how to put together those big deals and raise money and all that stuff. So we have to to talk again for sure. We do. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time this evening and I will uh, circle back to you and have you on another time. Sounds good. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.